This episode of the Film Stage Show is brought to you by Mubi, a curated streaming service dedicated to elevating great cinema from around the globe. From iconic directors to emerging auteurs, there is always something new to discover. With Mubi, each and every film is hand-selected, so you can explore the best of cinema streaming anytime, anywhere. You can try Mubi for free for 30 days at mubi.com slash filmstage. That's M-U-B-I dot com slash filmstage for a whole month of great cinema for free. Also, if you enjoy this podcast, you should check out The B-Side featuring myself and the film stage's Dan Mecca as we talk about movie stars and movie directors and not the movies that made them famous or kept them famous, but the ones that they made in between. And coming up, we have a great interview with the living legend Richard Dreyfus talking about a whole slew of B-Sides, different parts of his career. It's a really uh open and honest interview. So if you hop on over to the B-side, you can check that out. And I promise you will not be disappointed. You can also check out the B-side on Twitter, Facebook, and Letterboxd at TFS B-side. Welcome to a new episode of the Film Stage Show. Brian J. Roan couldn't make it tonight, so it is I, Connor O'Donnell, from the B-Side Podcast, assuming hosting duties, joined by Bill Graham and Robin Barr. How are you two? I'm a fucking Mia. <laughs> Woohoo! It's a me, Wadio. <laughs> oh, there you go. There you go. Put a little stank on it. I like it. Uh, if you couldn't tell already, we are going to be reviewing the Super Mario Brothers movie, which is now in theaters. And here to help us do that is a writer for Slash Film and Film School Rejects, dear friend of mine, Valerie Ettenhofer. Hello. Happy to be here. Thanks for joining us, Valerie. We really appreciate it. Uh for those of you who, who don't know the Film Stage Show, you can follow us on Twitter at the Film Stage Show. You can email us at podcast at thefilmstage.com. You can also become patrons of this podcast by visiting patreon.com slash thefilmstageshow for as little as $1 an episode. You can get access to our private Slack channel and a first crack at our raffles and other fun stuff. As usual, tonight's episode is brought to you by Mubi, a curated streaming service dedicated to elevating great cinema from around the globe. From iconic directors to emerging auteurs, there is always something new to discover with Mubi, and each and every film is hand-selected so you can explore the best of cinema streaming anytime, anywhere. And usually is where we, this is where we would make a couple streaming recommendations, but Mubi's got a little something new they want you to check out. Uh, they now have the Notebook magazine, which is in its third and fourth issue. Notebook is a print-only magazine devoted to the art and culture of cinema created, prepared, and published by Mubi. Uh, it's published biannually. It is a yearly subscription that includes two beautiful issues. Each issue comes with an exclusive gift, a surprise just for Notebook subscribers, and shipping is free wherever you are. Subscriptions are now open for issues three and four, and you can subscribe to the magazine now for $40 a year. Find out more at Mubi.com slash magazine. And with that out of the way, we're going we're gonna to put on our overalls. We're going to we're going to eat a couple of shrooms. 
<laughs> Put on uh, our white gloves. Yes, get our, on our white gloves. It sounds like we're going to like an eyes wide shut party or something. <laughs> um, <laughs> and we're going to get a little, we're just going to get a little saucy, a little spicy meatballs coming at you uh, as we talk about the Super Mario Brothers movie, not the uh, bona fide classic from 1993, but the one that is in theaters right now, which follows the titular Mar Mario Brothers as they go through the Mushroom Kingdom. And I shit you not, that's the whole synopsis. That's all there is. <laughs> and uh, before we dive into it, we'll give a little bit of a listen to the trailer. Where am I? <laughs> Ooh, fresh meat for the grinder. Pay him no heed. He is cute, but he is. There's gotta be a way out of here. There's no escape. The only hope is the sweet relief of death. Whoa! Oh, you've got to be kidding me! <laughs> My army! Koopas! Koopas! Whatever those things are! Aww. We will destroy the Mushroom Kingdom! And there you have it. That's a little bit of, uh, of the Super Mario Brothers trailer. And uh, maybe one of the best jokes in the whole movie, I think, probably. Yeah, right? I definitely oh. saw some of the highlights in that one. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I guess we'll just we'll start off the top uh, just with general thoughts. Uh, Valerie, our esteemed guest... Why don't you tell, what's your, I guess it's worth asking with this, like, what's your relationship to the character of Super Mario and uh, like in your life? And uh, what are, what are your initial thoughts on the movie? Yeah, um, I'm pretty, I, I looked up a list of the games and I definitely have played a lot more Mario than I thought. I was looking at a list today and I think I've played like eight different Mario games before, um, starting with, uh, Super Mario Land on Game Boy, which I think I have that game memorized, like muscle motion or like muscle memory wise, you know, where I could just like do the sliding screens. Um, sure. Uh, but I, I really liked, uh, there were a couple that I loved when I was a kid. Like I really loved um, Super Mario 64, where you could go into the paintings. I really loved Super Mario Sunshine. Um, so I think it had like, it was very star centric and had all these cool new things in it. Um, but I don't, and I also loved Wario Land, which I mean, if sure. we can get this fran, if we can get these franchise going, I'm ready to see a <laughs> Wario movie. Um, but yeah, so I, but I will say I have never thought of this as like a piece of IP that like you need to know a lot about to be sure. into it. So yeah. like I went into this movie and had no idea what half the characters were called. Still, right? Like the like I knew the main ones, but like the little background dudes, I was like, oh, it's a turtle, you know? <laughs> because right, right. I, uh, <laughs> I feel like there it's such a basic like fundamental video game that it just was it was around when a lot of us were like too young to look up the characters. So. Uh, I, you know, I have a positive relationship with it for sure. The part where they did the, well, I don't want to spoil, spoil anything yet, but, um, uh, some parts of the movie, I, you know, just was like, oh, this reminds me of the simple joy of, uh, playing a Mario game at your grandma's house on the couch. But, um, I, I liked the movie. I thought it was, I thought it was cute. I definitely never thought about it again after I watched it, but, um, <laughs> but, um, I thought it was like very bright and very quick. Um, and it kind of sidestepped a lot of things that, uh, very like pandering 
animated IP movies I've been doing lately. So, I mean, I didn't think, I didn't think there was anything overtly bad about it, but it just was not, um, it wasn't anything that I'm going to like write home about, you know? <laughs> sure. Robin, what about you? Um, interesting. So I, I was not allowed to play video games when I was a child. So naturally I played all video games at relatives houses. Sure. Um, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't really have friends slow 16. That's like a whole separate podcast. Um, where we oh. dive deep into that, but coming to I, you this summer from the film, <laughs> <laughs> the memoirs of a childless or uh, a friendless childhood. Anyway. Um, so I played Super Mario 64. I think that's what it was called. Like, way later than everybody else did you know I, I was born in 88 so it came out when it was like third grade ish I was playing that like fifth grade sixth grade at mm. my aunt's house because she had a 64 um Look, and I was that's highly- it, 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 I- I will tell you this, Robin. It took me that long to beat that game. So, you know, you, it, you yes, are, I never beat it either. Bad. I never beat yeah. it, but I, I could still. 150 of those fucking stars. God damn it. <laughs> I was really God. obsessed with it. And this was like pre internet for me. So I probably could have gotten way more into like fandom and stuff, but I just didn't. And then I played um, the original Game Boy, like the one that came out in the late 80s. My yeah. uncle had, you know, he, he was like in his 40s at the time. He bought himself one and then it was kind of forgotten in a bag somewhere. And so like me being a bored child over the summer, I just picked it up and it was so slow compared to my aunt's Game Boy. (laughs) (laughs) This is just me. Like basically I used a lot of technology that I did not own uh, that was owned by my like boomer relatives and that happened and to, i have a lot of siblings yeah. so that happened a lot with me for sure oh yeah you yeah. were the forgotten child yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> i was just like the only kid in my family at this time like all my cousins were older and so just like a lot of me playing things by myself um so i have like a very strong emotional relationship with the mario world and mm-hmm. i also i mean i am definitely an apologist of the 93 movie I actually think it's like a decent film, um, at least because it is so weird. Yes. It has personality. It does this world building thing. I'm not saying it's like a great movie. I'm just saying I have fond memories of it. And I think there was like a, a Gen Z article about this in New York Times, right? There might have been. I, you, we might be referencing the same thing. I saw something circulating uh, recently in reference to that movie that I thought w- it was the perfect compliment to that movie because i i don't i don't think it's necessarily very good but someone was like it's such it's such like an important piece of evidence as to why like product production design matters and that's something that i think is like so important to that movie um even though it doesn't you know according to you know fans or whatever doesn't adhere to like the visual aesthetic of what would have been super mario in 1993 but it, the practical effects, you know, they're they're effective. And there's certainly care there. Like there are images, like for better and worse, there are images from the 93 Mario Brothers movie that will live in my head. Right. Like, and that's, you know, I think that's that's worth something. Yeah. Um, yeah I haven't I haven't seen the 93 one, but I, I, I considered watching it for this podcast, but I thought 
just from everything I've seen of it, it looks like a movie that's more fun to have described to you at a certain point. Because yeah. <laughs> every every single every single frame of it I've seen, I'm like, what is going I, on? What here? is kind of interesting is if you get if you gave the vaguest possible description, it probably sounds like a good adaptation. Like yeah. <laughs> if you just described everything kind of like, yeah, there's sort of like reptilian guys and there's a bad guy. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but Bill, what are, what are your general thoughts, uh, on this? Oh boy. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to have a lot to say about this movie. Interesting. Um, partly okay. because I'm going to have I, a lot to say too. Yeah. Partly because of how much money it's made at this point. Yeah. Uh, that's worth, that's worth ta- talking about. It's at, I, I didn't look before we hopped on, but it, it was tracking. I believe when I looked yesterday to pull in, like 393 million worldwide worldwide yeah. wow over so it's over its five-day release weekend yeah which is, which is bullshit and cheating but you know still it made a shit ton of money yes yeah like uh, you, you can't, you can't I, I mean it was almost that. 200 million just stateside yeah. which is absurd I, I, if i yeah. believe at least the, the worldwide statistic is that it's the it's the largest worldwide opening for any animated movie in history correct uh, which well, but it, how and is that's, illumination so, so fucking successful so, like it's the worst shit in the world. This is the thing. I have I suppose I'll take this as well, Bill, give, give us your quick thoughts. I don't want to yeah, yeah. I don't want to l- step l- on Let me yeah. let me let me jump into this yeah, real yeah. quick. Go, go, uh, go. It's it's made a shit ton of money. Yes. So regardless of what we say, uh it is already a success. A, a flying uh a blue shell of success, if you want to call it that. Um but I will say this. I think I think there are two things going on with this movie. One, they were bitten in the ass by that Super Mario Brothers movie, the live action one, and it kind of left a a very sour taste most likely in Nintendo's mouths and like just cinema goers as a whole mm. because that that kind of started this like video game adaptations are a curse uh kind of myth and um I think they had to hit a home, not home run, but they had to get on base with this. If you want yeah, to use sure. a baseball analogy, yeah, yeah, yeah. they had to softball this. They can had to use a video game. Just, analogy? Can, you use a, can you at least use a tennis analogy? Because we know they, Mario they had plays to, tennis. They had to play this on easy mode. Is, is that <laughs> sure? Does that work? Sure. Um, yeah, yeah, they, sure. They, they had to get the, uh, what is it? Game, game genie? Uh, game <laughs> genie? <laughs> they like had, they had to, to do it. They had to get the in their carts codes. and they had to do it at 50 CC. Uh, yes, yeah, yes, yes, yes. Sure, there you go. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Where, where the enemies are not as hard, yeah. and yeah, they don't do so much bullshit. Where yeah. you're like, I was in first place, and now I'm in fifth. What the fuck? Mm. Um. Anyways, so they really had to get on base with this film, and I think this film already has unlocked a lot of potential. And let's be very honest: a lot of these films that we may cite later, of like, hey, we were disappointed because it wasn't good as this or this or this. A lot of those films, like the second Puss in Boots movie, which mm. I really enjoyed and was surprised by. I, I was um, as well. And some, yeah. and some of these other movies that are kind of, you know, uh, just slightly off kilter enough to be like, wow. Yeah, a cut, a cut they, above, they, you could say. Yeah, yeah they yeah. really like went for it. A lot of those are sequels or like, you know, <laughs> legacy films, right? Yeah. This is the okay. first of this. So I will give it a pass in that regard that like it's not shooting for the moon. Yeah. But just the same there is so many moving parts involved in this that i really wish were as good as they probably could have been sure if they were given a little bit more carte blanche um instead they were kind of basically 
told, hey, we got to rein this in and we got to keep it fairly simple and we got to keep it on the rails. The fact that this movie doesn't even breach 90 minutes is just says so much. Um, so I came into this wanting to like it. There are some moments in this that are truly delightful. Uh, unfortunately, it makes up about 30 minutes of the 90 minute runtime. So I I liked a lot of little bits and pieces of this. I like the look of it. I like um, some of the character actors, uh, you know, n- not the above the line uh people like anya taylor joy is in this film for no fucking reason whatsoever like she brings yeah. nothing i mean to that's that a, character. I think uh, that a horrible performance in he, my opinion uh, maybe he, her worst yeah i think that like i think that kind of goes for almost everybody in this movie if i'm being yes. honest and it's not jack black is fantastic that's where the almost comes in like i think the song i think you know whatever some people like the song Beaches. or yeah. whatever, you know uh but I, I i did not that felt like the one of the more like shoehorned in bits of the movie where it's like agreed where i and, and I say that it's shoehorned, but it, it, it feels either reverse engineered or strategically mapped out, right? Where it's like they either were like, oh, we got Jack Black. Cool. So we he's going to he's going to do a little Tenacious D song, right? Like or whatever. Yeah, I right? think. I think the whole movie feels a little reverse engineered. Yeah, like oh, it, yeah. like oh, yes. Illumination yeah, is, is so successful. Algorithm. Yeah. Yeah. Illumination is so successful that I feel like they were like obviously we're going to make this like a pretty bland movie so we can make a kind of different sequel you know what i mean like it's 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 really just like a starter pack on purpose yeah i yes i I agree i think that's true and i think you know it's it it, we live in a weird time with i think movies specifically all coming out very recently too not that not that they haven't been making you know like movies out of toys for a while now or movies Mm -hmm. out of just like very specific products for a while now but like it's worth noting that like tetris came out like two weeks ago this movie air op- air, just yeah, came right. out. this movie opened the same weekend as, as air you have black is blackberry out yet but it's it's, it's gonna be coming out com- in the next yeah. month i think we got barbie on the horizon yeah and so oh, it's oh yeah and, and look i and it's not the movie we're talking about but like a movie like air i enjoyed well enough i think that movie's like relatively successful at what it's trying to do even though it doesn't entirely escape the confines of like being a nike commercial right um and i was thinking about that in comparison to this movie that like i kind of this is gonna say i'm a fucking grown-ass man so it's weird to say but i like kind of went into like a mild existential spiral after my wife and i (laughs) left this movie because i just had this moment where i was like like we don't have kids so i don't necessarily have a dog in the fight and look god's godspeed to all the people who are like finally able to take their kids to the movies this year like because I, I know that there hasn't been a kids, you know, a yeah. full on family friendly movie in theaters for the theaters six fucking six packed. months. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Six months at this point. But so no. like, I think that's great Un- unequivocally. Right. Like when we showed up to the local Regal, it was the most packed I've seen it in forever. And that like includes like peak screenings of like Top Gun last year and all that stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. So like mm-hmm. that's awesome. I have no qualms about that. But like. It is a little, you kind of could just feel, I mean, it's, I guess, apropos for Easter weekend, but it literally is like a movie fully composed of Easter eggs 
with no real mm-hmm. with, nothing cohesive yeah nothing tying it all together other than a string of things that are rewarding your dopamine center for like recognizing things right and f- and not that i ne- like look it's it's a plotless game right so i don't necessarily uh-huh. expect it to have some deep you know uh deep care it's not some it's not like they betrayed these characters to be clear right like because they're <laughs> they're they're, ba- they're barely characters but i think it's that for something that when you play it if you are someone who enjoys playing video games something that inspires just some level of escapism and creativity and like you know awakens the imagination in a certain way to just really feel this like baldly cynical in terms of mm-hmm. how it tackles everything was like really dispiriting to me. And I know that there's technically no difference between something like this and uh, I'm, I just like and a Top Gun Maverick or an air or what, you know, to a certain degree, blockbuster filmmaking is always going to be cynical but that doesn't mean you can't at least put it in the trappings of something that's like oh air is the opposite of cynical air no, no, is no, like but you know what i mean like it's right but at the end of the day it's people coming together in service of like one of the most popular corporations on the planet right so like sure and also it, an amazon capitalism cinema yes exa- exactly and i just think that there's i the the best comp i can think of of what i would have wanted this movie to achieve would have been something like the first Lego movie. Like, yes, yes, I was just going to say the like, same thing. I'm not going to pretend for a minute that that's not some toy commercial for one of the most recognizable toys in the history of toys, right? But at the very <laughs> least, it like that movie dug into the spirit of like what it is about a Lego that that people love, right? Like, and, and it which, leans which, into which, irony in a yeah, way that this film yeah. just tries to do and fails yes it's also funny because i mentioned kind of off the uh you know one of my criticisms was the above the line people and one of the above the line people is chris pratt is chris pratt (laughs) and it's like and that works that works so well he's i mean he's better i I will say this not well i I don't know oh i didn't think he was good at all yeah i'm not really coming to his defense i don't think he was like as much of a I, he kind of just disappeared a little bit for me not in, way, in, like, in mario you mean yeah yeah like, i feel like mario I, disappeared that's no but that's kind of what i mean not in a way that helped the movie but it it i i will say like you know whatever a year ago or maybe a little over a year ago whenever it was that they announced that he was gonna be the voice mm-hmm. right like this is not as bad as what shot through my brain when that announcement came out go ahead i I feel like everything about his voice was pretty overblown in terms of like it was very i like he didn't sound like chris pratt enough for me to uh you know i was distracted enough uh by him Mm -hmm. being mario to not really care like it wasn't like he just sounded like chris pratt you know what i mean but but it it just it definitely wasn't worth like 20 think pieces about it that we got at the time (laughs) right right and there's obviously there's no way to tell because your worst fears go through your head or whatever but like yeah yeah but yeah it's definitely i i didn't mind it necessarily but i don't think it was entirely successful either because it just feels like a like a, so much of the movie and again for something that is is built on something that's you know been expounded upon creatively over decades and decades of very talented people in the video game industry 
it feels like a nothing burger creatively, which feels like such, Absolutely. Uh, such a, a, a tragically ironic like uh, disservice to it. But I suppose, I mean, we can get into spoilers at this point. Um, <laughs> not there's not sure. I, you can't. I mean, look, yeah. if, if you're listening to this and you are have not seen the movie, but you are familiar with the concept of Super Mario Brothers, there's not really a ton to spoil other than maybe some specific jokes or set pieces. But um, I, it, I like, for instance, you know, the major one of the major set pieces in the middle of the movie is a Mario Kart Rainbow Road sequence. My God, that, that just killed my that soul. That has no, it, <laughs> well, it's not because like, look, and because there's nothing there. Yes, it, it's, it's just a reference to the games. Yeah. I was like waiting for like Mario Party to yeah, get referenced. Right. And, and it's it's not even shoehorned in in a way that makes narrative sense. Like I because they go yeah they, they why, need to why do they have to do this as yeah. as you know it's a secret as jack Black's, Black's, i guess that everyone knows about right yeah. It, yeah. as jack black's bowser makes his way through the mushroom kingdom they decide they need the help of all the donkey kong people to help them fight bowser right so they go there the toads are useless yes yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, uh except keegan michael key i guess um yeah but so they go there, right? And they and they just kind of shoehorn in that, like, oh yeah, you know how the Kongs have carts? And you're like, well, no, they don't. Like, it, that, I guess that's the other <laughs> yeah. thing. Like, if we're in the business, if we're gonna just be like, hey, let's just make this Easter eggs, right? If we're in the business of just rewarding people for recognizing the video games, why wouldn't you make it? And I, you know, I don't know how familiar everybody here is with like Donkey Kong Country, but like, make it a mine cart. Yeah. Don't make sure. like don't yeah. make it Mario Kart. Make it like oh, there's only one way we can get there, and it's through our mine. And then put in mm -hmm. a nice little set piece of a Temple of Dune minecart chase. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> it. So I guess that that's the thing. Like there are little things like that that f would even at the baseline level of like let's just put in things people can wink at. They like weirdly miss the mark in a way that like they they really it, did. So it could have been like a Lord and Miller irony fest and like that which that i would have sort of my... be charmless at times yeah, but exactly. like yeah. it but it works because it, it ultimately does work like yeah. they are successful yeah, filmmakers and that's good enough but honestly this is so soulless and so just like dead on arrival that i you know we kept looking at our watches my husband mm -hmm. and i being like when is this 90 minute movie going to be over because there's it's a it's airless. Yeah, yeah. That, that's the thing. I, the big, I mean, Bill, you brought up the thing that everybody bring, you know, when, when people criticize these movies, right? Just the thing of the, the mythical, whatever, video game movie curse. And clearly that is not, you know, you would not say that's the case with this movie in regards to box office. It's an unequivocal hit. We're going to get a sequel probably announced tomorrow. Right. Um, alongside, like, they're going to announce. They probably a, already made one. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> well, yeah. They're, they're going <laughs> to announce a fucking Metroid movie and they're going to announce a Zelda movie. Sure. And that, you know, like, we're going to, that's all going to happen within whatever, like, six months. Um, but I still think it rings true in regards to, and I don't remember, I can't, I wish I could cite the author, but there was a review I read many, many years ago when the Max Payne movie came out. Oh, that, Jesus. That had said, I forget what website it was on. It was not the film stage, unfortunately. But uh, but it, it was a review that mentioned, like, I can't, I couldn't help but sit there thinking I'd so much rather be playing this. 
right yeah and that's yeah. this is I, yeah. this is this is something that i i saw recently brought up yeah was what are these what are these movies for because if they're aimed at the video game people the video game people would just be like well f- fuck this movie give me another super mario brothers game like right <laughs> and the and the the weird thing about it though is that it is kind of weirdly ironically successful in its aim because when i went home on saturday no friday night saturday night, you wanted to play. I saw, my wife and i played mario kart 8 you know what i mean like we yep. like it was so yep. it was one of those things that like it it was driven more from a bad place of like let me get the taste of that thing out of my mouth and like mm-hmm. actually have fun with these characters but at the same time you know if i did it not, just drove you further into the the heart of the franchise yes no no that's that's exactly my point so it is weirdly it's not like a failure yeah it's a success of a movie and i feel like in terms of its game it's just depressing yeah if you you ask nintendo they're like yes right like absolutely like if like this is amazing if i didn't own a switch i might have bought one you know what i mean like that is is a thing like years and years ago i bought street fighter 2 mm-hmm. on pc and you know what it came with it came with street fighter the movie on <laughs> vhs and you know how many times i watched street fighter on vhs like 50 times i wore that fucking thing yeah out. the difference and you know what i still love that movie and it is real bad and john claude van damme is very high on cocaine throughout that and, entire movie. yeah but, but at it's least, so much fun at least street fighter the movie gives you the amazing Raul Julia performance. It's so which is good incredible. and R.A.P. to him. Yes. Like he passed yeah, away not re- that long after that movie came a out. A real and one, the, as I, they say. The, the fact that that is one of his last on-screen performances is just, it's amazing. It's, it's so weird <laughs> and it's so just, he's just going for it and it's so fun. And you're like, but this movie sucks ass and it's still fun for whatever reason. It, this movie isn't even worthy of that kind of criticism. It I don't think it's suck. fun. It, I don't yeah. even think it doesn't it's, suck. It's, there, it's just it's just nothing. And yeah. the fact that the guys behind Teen Titans Go, yeah. which as as a cartoon show, and I didn't I didn't actually end up seeing uh Teen Titans Go to the movies. But people like that those, I have not seen it, but people like I remember people like that movie a lot. Those two guys are like they make some really wacky decisions throughout that yeah. show. Yeah. And that show is super fun and bonkers and crazy. And it's just it's 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 basically the Lego movie if it was a 30 minute TV show. Sure. On on, you know, Saturday morning or whenever the hell it releases. I should say I, I didn't mention it at the top, but the directors of this movie are Aaron Horvath. Michael Jelinek and Pierre Leduc. Pierre Leduc is an illumination guy. He worked on the Dr- mm-hmm. the Grinch, and then Horvath, Horvath and Jelinek uh, worked on uh, Teen Titans Go. So just and Jelinek, Jelinek was a producer on the show Be Cool Scooby Doo, which as a Scooby Doo super fan, I gotta say it's the funniest, <laughs> weirdest Scooby Doo show. So I was like, when I looked up his credits and I saw that and Teen Titans Go to the movies, I was like. This movie would have been so much better if they had swapped the director for the writer, I think, sure, honestly. Sure, Um, Because they have, like, I want to see what their script is. Because they didn't write it. They just directed yeah, yeah. Matthew and, Fogel was the writer. And you could imagine, like, I the, the other comparison I was thinking of when watching this movie, like, is that it has really strong Bohemian Rhapsody vibes. Like, 
Nintendo is to this movie what Queen was to that movie, you know, mm. where it's like right, such whatever. tightly controlled property, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so la- tightly controlled that nothing happens. Yes, yeah. There's no characterization. Yeah, yeah. There's hardly a story at all. In a, in a way that feels weirdly like, um, in a way that feels unsurprisingly like, uh, you know, a video game movie from like 1993, you know, like mm-hmm. it feels so that they were scraping the bottom. Yeah. Of the barrel yeah. It just, just feels get some so kind of narrative barely strung along. And it's, and again, the game itself is plotless. Like, I, I don't think there's, you know, there's, most of them. Yeah. yeah. yeah I, I maybe, maybe some of them have like slight flourishes that, that, you know, are inciting incidents or things like that. But generally these games are plotless. So I understand the conundrum, I just think that even given working with that level, like you can still, you know, and I guess now that we're into spoilers and Valerie, I'm curious actually to know what's what sequences you were going to call out. And maybe this is one of them. There's a, a montage sequence near the beginning of this movie uh, where Peach sends Mario through a very, yeah. <laughs> a very Mario Brothers looking obstacle course. Right. That's what I was going to mention. Already. And it is yeah, the platforming sequence. I think that is almost a really good scene because like it starts to tee up this thing that I was like, oh, are they going to like edge of tomorrow? This like, is this going to be <laughs> like is which it, and then the minute I thought that in the oh, movie, Jesus, the minute, man, what a what an idea. For well, a but I, right, oh, like, like I, in my head, I'm Why'd like, why'd you do that to me? Is, 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 <laughs> is, is, is the mechanic going to be like, oh, you have to take the green mushroom and you go. And if you've taken the green mushroom, you can just go again. Right. And like mm-hmm. and you can get the joy because the, the spirit, you know, in the same way that the Lego movie is like, hey, these things can be used to build whatever you want. And that's the joy of Legos. Like, the joy of the toy, the video game, Super Mario. I mean, the joy of video games in general is like, yeah, you just try and you try again and you try again. And what seems like such a simple feat of success after you've been trying is the most satisfying thing in the world, right? Well, it's funny you mentioned that. So, you know, you were mentioning Edge of Tomorrow. Yes. Edge of Tomorrow's production was kind of rocky, but um, they basically did that very notably and very well. And this is my other like pool of like, they did this so much better in this other movie. And that's Wreck-It Ralph. Wreck-It Ralph came out in 2012. And Edge of Tomorrow came out in 2014. So it it predates it by two years. No, that's a great point. It takes a shit ton of time to make an animated movie. It's not like they can produce that in three years so yeah. that was in production a long time before yeah. and granted edge of tomorrow is based on a graphic novel which was probably came out in the 90s or something like that so yeah. you know it, i mean time loops is not like right brand new yeah, or anything well, run, like that lola, run lola run does it better you know what I mean? sure. like like, like, <laughs> like there are some sequences in in uh wreck it ralph and that's when it's uh call of of is it what is it called? I can't remember. It's it's something something duty, um, duty calls or something like that. The video game that he plays, oh, so like, it's like he has a first person shooter. Over, yeah, 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 yeah. It's 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 a riff on Call of Duty and Gears of War, but like he has to repeat that sequence over and over and over until he finally you know is able to survive, yeah. right? Okay. Um, and that's kind of one of the joys of that film. And you know, you were mentioning. Uh, uh, the the rainbow road sequence and there's like like 
that's part of Wreck-It Ralph. One of those main sequences is, a is cart seeing race, Penelope yeah. is that cart race. And when she learns how to drive a stick shift, I almost cried. Like, sure. that's how good that's... And that's not even driving. That's just her learning how to get the car moving in the right yeah, direction. Like, and finding the right narrative beats to call out so that when you're in that specific scenario and you can use them to mo- actually motivate the character beats... They're much more. They're much more satisfying. Well, because right? there's actually characters yes, here. I mean, that's yeah, the yeah. thing. That's yes. the beauty of Wreck-It Ralph. And I will also argue that both Wreck-It Ralph and the second and the sequel are probably among the best films of the 21st century. I didn't so see far. the second like, one, but that's nice. To it hear. is second an one's excellent good. film. It's it it's is a great. lot different. It's, yeah. It it actually deals with a lot of the ramifications of what it what the first film kind of hmm. sets up, which is very interesting. But yeah, the first film might be one of my favorite films in the last like 10 years for sure. They are, I think, really highly underrated. And it, they, they do something so brilliant, which is both celebrate and satirize video games and they Mm -hmm. do it in a way with like really satisfying easter eggs like and and visual references and things like that that i just feel like this movie just does not satisfy at all um yeah it and it blows its way into you into you like it's from the moment the movie begins it just doesn't work for me like when when bowser comes in and is like, I need the star and I'm going to melt your penguin kingdom. I just kept thinking like, this is not really what a conqueror does. Right, <laughs> like, right. This is, I, this I, is I, like a showpiece, but like, I, you don't just like, you don't just like destroy the thing that you're conquering. Right. I mean, I guess. Some, Unless he's just looking for the star, I suppose, is the explanation. Like he doesn't care right. actually about. Just feel like, yeah. what the fuck are we watching? Yeah. Where's any, where's any of the world building? Whereas any of the um, the characterization, even through performance, like I, I want to reiterate, Bill, what you said about Anya Taylor Joy, because Peach here is a is a it doesn't even exist in my opinion. Like she's a generic qu- queen, essentially, uh, a quote unquote strong female character, TM, wh- who <laughs> immediately befriends Mario for no reason. Like you don't understand. Yeah. Why it's she believes like, him. <laughs> she talks to him for like three lines and then she's like, let's go. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's like, I know I mean, he has kids she, in the but come on. She, she does play that card of, oh, you're a human. Okay, mm-hmm. you must be good. Like, let's go. And it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, like, are let's, you not a human? Like, what's yeah, going on it's, here? It's weird let's to back like, up. It's weird to like, they don't even set up an obstacle as to why she can't just be the one to do this either, <laughs> which is the hard part. Like, like, this is one of the things that I feel like was maybe part of the many boardroom discussions that resulted in this screenplay Um, is like. I like the idea that she's better than him because I will say anyone who's played these games for any any one of them over decades or whatever, as soon as she was introduced as a playable character, you know it's better to play with Peach. Like, she <laughs> floats because of her dress. It's great. Like, it's such a nice little, you know. So, like, so it's one of those weird things where it's like I I can appreciate them doing that 
but it is this weird it's in it's in to your point robin in the most like explicitly trademarked like brand way as opposed to like actually making her yeah it's like that faux badassery so instead of giving her any character traits they just turn her into a fighter right and this happens so much in film where they just like in order to quote unquote elevate uh somebody who's feminine in any way they just turn them into like a generic uh masculine archetype well she yeah she they turned her into mario it's like they basically were just like sure like she can just do all this stuff and it's strange that i'll i'll shout out uh our our friend Corey everett creator of the cinephile card game he I was talking to him today about this and he mentions like, you know, she could still get captured and then just break herself out. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like they could still subvert the trope of the game and empower her in different ways. You know what I mean? Like, oh, But you've seen that a million times before, too. It's it's I suppose I'd rather that homo yeah. version of, you know, save the princess. Like, yeah. how many ass kicking princesses do I have to see? Sure. Sure. Get it. Um, I I'm just curious since I liked this movie more than you guys. Um, I I'm wondering. There, I know there's been some discourse. I haven't really been following it, but just about like how serious is all of this because it's meant for like six year olds, right? Yeah. Um, and then people were also like, well, adults are gonna see it, and a lot of movies for six year olds are good, you know? Yeah. Um, I don't really know where I was going with that, but I guess just um. You know, we're talking about like run, Lola, run and Edge of Tomorrow <laughs> sure. or whatever. And it's like uh, the kid next to me in the theater had never seen a movie in theaters, I don't think, because at the end when the credit sure. came on, he was like, who are those people? Or like, who's that? What's that? And yeah. he was like, that's who, that's who made the movie, kid. Like right. um, his mom had to like tell him what credits were. So um, that's like what that's we're very with Fablemans <laughs> in terms of like post- <laughs> Yeah, it's a loser that has never been to a movie before, idiot. Okay, like if you look at, like, I think it was, uh, who was it? Let me see. I have it here. Um, It was Matt Singer that wrote something for Screen Crush that was about how there haven't been kids' movies for like three, four months right now. Yeah. yeah. Um, And so, and then also counting people who, you know, have still been COVID cautious and things like that. So, like, there's kids out there who are, you know, like in a different version of the world, they would have gone to the movies, but they just have not until now. So sure. I feel like that's how this movie is making a lot of money. But um, but yeah, I was curious, I guess, if if I don't know if maybe I was watching, like putting myself in like my like young goddaughter's perspective a little bit and thinking like, oh, like I felt like the movie honestly like it's it's just a string of Easter eggs, but I felt like it wore them pretty lightly, honestly. Like mm. I because it because it doesn't really care if you get them either way it doesn't do like a winking like i'd see an example of it going over the top is when they're like oh if you blow on it it might work about the thing and it's like oh yeah, yeah, yeah. you know that's yeah, a reference yeah, sure. to the cartridges yeah but like some like i expected the whole movie to just be a ton of those things you know what i mean like, i was expecting that too but i didn't want that like i don't want it to be like winking take three beats for you to like realize that this is a reference to something you knew when you were a kid you know what i mean so it's like even though it's a string of easter eggs i liked that it was just kind of like jumping from one to the next it wasn't really like when i say it's not pandering in my opinion it was just that it's uh it it had a flow to it and it didn't stop to like turn to the camera about every single thing it was doing you know what i mean um it wasn't mugging too hard yeah no i I guess that's a great point i guess yeah 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 and i guess i'm just thinking um um i don't know uh what what y'all think of the 
of the discourse of the I mean obviously kids movies like you said with Wreck-It Ralph they can be very good but it's like are we at a point culturally where like it's okay enough or is it just do you guys think it's just like just way too way too way not good well, enough the thing is like I I I'm not saying I resent I feel like that's a strong word but like okay. to me what is a kids movie if anything something sh- what is only available or accessible to children versus what is accessible to multi-quadrants and sure. to me this is really not a children's film it's it's a family film at at the least yeah because it appeals to people who like my uncle was in his well i don't know if it really appeals to him but it could appeal <laughs> to people like my uncle who was in his 40s when he bought a game boy because it was like the latest tech you know yeah it, yeah totally film yeah. Or and and my aunt who was in her fifties and she loved Mario sixty four because she had never seen any anything like it visually at the time. It was truly mind blowing. So there are people who are literally in their seventies or eighties, men and women, uh, children, millennials, Gen Z, Gen X, who sure. are who do do find this uh, brand appealing or who are drawn in by the visual. So you know it's not it's not just kids. It just it. It so happens that it appeals to kids on like a real base level for obvious yeah. reasons. Um, so I don't know. I just I feel like cocoa melons for babies, <laughs> but <laughs> like this is really like a an all ages kind of, or should be an all ages kind yeah. of franchise. Yeah. I would that makes sense. And when I'm thinking of how it how it succeeded for me, it succeeds as like a movie a nine year old would like. It doesn't see, succeed as like a movie I would watch again. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, th- I think that that's kind of the cent the central thing, right? Because it's I mean it's all that's all well said because it's it, I'm not I'm not going to take this movie from a a five year old who went to the movies sure. for the first yeah. time. You know what I mean? Like that like that's <laughs> amazing and wonderful. Um, I think it's yeah, it's more of a I don't know. It had the chance to. It had the chance to hit hit for everyone who watched it, I, and not just yeah. Kids. I think yeah. I, and I like the Barbie movie doesn't exist yet, so I can't really use that <laughs> as an example. I can only use what what feels like my impression of what that movie's going to be, which isn't fair. But there is <laughs> that like Greta Gerwig seems like the kind of director who understands that like if I'm going to make a movie with the one of the most recognizable things on the planet. Right. I, there's some I, I feel like this term could get misconstrued, but there's a level of almost artistic or cultural responsibility. Yeah, y- you have to that. Right? I agree. And, and I think I think this is similar. Not that this movie needs to change the world or anything. It's just that, mm-hmm. like, this movie's a hit f- for all the reasons Robin just mentioned, because not unlike, uh, you know, not unlike a movie about Michael Jordan sneakers. It involves one of the most immediately recognizable characters on the planet for the past, you know, maybe not maybe not in the 80s, but certainly by now. Right. One of the most recognizable characters in popular culture. And so I think there is a little bit of a responsibility for them to put like a little bit more oomph to it as opposed to the same kind of effort that goes into them cynically making sing Two. you know, like, yeah, I I think I think that's where my big kind of beef with it is um it's and it's not even that you know you it's kind of funny to like see the terrible discourse around this movie come from like 
neckbeard man babies who like com- <laughs> yeah. complain about girl boss peach you know and it's funny because it's like and also me no 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 but what i was gonna say robin is like i agree with you but it's funny to have those like venn diagram moments where it's like no i'm i don't like the thing uh, as much as you don't like the thing but we don't like, like it for we don't like I don't it, for like it but i don't like it in a better way yeah. than you don't like it like i am a contrarian and i hate most things so like there is yeah, a she, part she of me that like is dinosaurs. an weird like <laughs> I don't um, like dinosaurs, I guess, and I am not afraid I, to say it. I'm talking about, <laughs> I'm talking about more like the dudes who have meltdowns because like she's a strong character, period, mm-hmm. right? Versus like they're like she stole the uh, movie from Mario. Yeah, I, which, she stole which his that, masculinity because he's shorter than her. That's digging too much into it. I do agree with the gripe that she <laughs> steals the movie from him though, because it is a little bit like it's the Super Mario Brothers movie. Like I he, wanted more Luigi. So, yeah, yeah so, there is such a lack of Luigi, and and he's like such a little bitch in this movie. I know yeah. the character's a little bitch, but he's my yeah, favorite part. No, he oh, is. But, but like, you can tell the thing is that he's a little bitch. He, you can tell that in two movies he's gonna buy a mansion, right? And he's well, gonna they go. Put, they, they put well, Yoshi in that credit. He's, he's oh, got to have his own Princess Peach. Yeah, Yoshi's in the in credit. Of course, of course. I I do want to respond to Valerie. Um, you know, your your prompt and your question, and I think sure. I think it's a valid one. And I think I think what we've seen as I've grown up, right? I I loved the Phantom Menace. Right. And that was that was yeah. my Star Wars movie. There is a whole generation of people that love those prequel tr- films. Right. The prequel yeah. trilogy of Star Wars. And so there is a certain amount of right place, right time for some people that are going to run across this movie. And this is going to be one of their favorite movies. Right. Just okay. moving forward. And bless them. Right. Like, like that's fine. That's, yeah. that's perfectly fine. That is OK. And I think what it, what happens is, and uh, Van Lathan over on Ringerverse, he he mentioned this, and I, I like this. His criticism of criticism of this film is that a lot of times people will have a hamburger from McDonald's, right? And they'll be like, "Cool, cool. This is a very basic, run of the mill hamburger." And then they will have like you know, a five-star Michelin restaurant and they'll get a burger there. Some people will have that five-star Michelin burger and all of a sudden, every time they have a McDonald's hamburger, they're like, this hamburger sucks. And it's Mm -hmm. like, well, those are two very different things. They are not competing on the same level. When you aren't allowed to move between those two spaces, you end up in this position where you're kind of like looking down at things that are lesser than what they could be. The McDonald's hamburger is McDonald's hamburger. And for what it is, it's a really good hamburger. Sure. Whatever. If you want to argue about that, have at it. Right. But I don't think if you criticize this film, that's what you're doing. I think, I think some people do. I certainly think there are bad actors, whether intentionally or not. There are some people that are like, you know, and look, I listed uh, Puss in Boots. I listed Wreck-It Ralph. I've listed some other films that I'm like, this is really great examples of like subversive, weird, fun 
movies that are still playing in the same vein, whether it's animated or whether it's specifically video game related or whatever it may be. And why can't it be this good? And, and like I mentioned, right. Puss in Boots, that's, that's a film that there are a number of Shrek sequels behind that franchise that suck ass. Right. And it's like, but, that second Puss in Boots movie is really, really good. And it's like, well, okay, but they took seven other movies to get there. So, you know, it's not playing on that same equal playing field. But I think your point about what is a kid's movie versus like, are we coming in as adults and like, you know, taking this a little bit too seriously. I think, again, this movie is right down the middle. It's it's not bad enough to be shit on. It's not good enough to be praised. And yeah. that's what's kind of frustrating is it's just it's it doesn't do anything to me beyond just exist for 90 minutes and it doesn't inspire anything in me. And I think that's what's sad. And specifically, right, I mentioned the voice acting they these animation studios really really get their head wrapped around the fact of like let me get some name brand actors to act in my fucking mario movie you yeah. could put anybody <laughs> yeah, yeah. anybody behind the screen and this movie still would have made exactly the same amount of money that it's, yeah, it's gonna you're make. not you're not gonna find an actor who's more popular than mario like, <laughs> I was thinking that as I was watching, yeah. I was like, this stunt casting did not need to happen. This was not a it movie that couldn't yeah. stand up on its own, like and, based and, on the and, brand. And and that that to me says so much about the making of this movie beyond mm-hmm. just like what was presented on the screen. Because look, I am a huge fan of Kung Fu Panda, and that movie puts Jack Black front and center, right? Mm-hmm. It does. But he's really fucking good in that role. And then and then you get Ian McShane doing like a crazy ass performance. And like there's there's a lot of fun with that. But nobody like kids don't know who the fuck Ian McShane is. Like yeah. they right. shouldn't, right? Like they really I wish they shouldn't. did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, and so kids aren't really watching it's, Last it's, of Sheila, you know? Like, and, <laughs> and they don't know who D- Dustin Hoffman is, right? Yeah. And so it's it's not ca- casting in that way, but they do know who Chris Pratt is. They do know who Jack Black is. Maybe they don't know who S- Anya Taylor-Joy is, right? Like did they watch Queen Gambit? Probably not. One of the criticisms, uh there was a very famous voice actress who uh voiced uh harley quinn in batman the animated series and she criticized the casting of chris pratt based on the idea of these animated movies keep treating actual professional voice actors as second rate yeah and yeah. it's it's, it's very a different skill it's a different skill set it's it's a, it's yeah. like it's yeah. like what are we doing yeah. why are we doing i mean this? it all and, started because they got you know a movie star who also had one of the most dynamic voices in the history of comedy and that was robin williams right and so it mm-hmm. starts it's like this false flag almost where you're like oh wait yeah this is what we should do but th- without really paying attention to like the secret sauce of why you know and it's the same and the fact that it's like people are people who used to get picked for those jobs aren't anymore like yeah you know getting the voice work that they would have gotten yeah well well, they they are in the animated shows but as soon as it as soon as it gets translated to the live action or or you know big screen all of a sudden they're they're second rate and you're like 
wait, well, so many of these people are so good at what they do and they do it on a daily basis. If you told me, you know, 15 years ago that Bradley Cooper would be playing a fucking <laughs> raccoon in yeah, a Marvel movie. Yeah, 15 years ago, you're like, who the fuck is Bradley Cooper? Well, sure, sure, <laughs> sure. He, was, he was on Inside the Actor Studio yeah. talking to, yeah. you know, what's his name? <laughs> um, but, you know, it, it is it is hilarious to kind of think of that. And those are, those are the exceptions to the rule. They yeah. should not be, oh, let me go get Chris Pratt. Wh- why? And that's the heart. I think that's yeah, that's the heart of the, what's kind of wrong with the whole thing. And that like the reason I think the McDonald's Michelin thing is kind of a bad faith argument in some regard is because the problem with this movie isn't that it's a McDonald's cheeseburger. It's that they gave me my cheeseburger and there's only like ketchup and pickles in there. Right. Like <laughs> like that's yeah. that's the problem. I with think that's the movie. a really good. And and Avil, I'm going to disagree with you because you you're like, well, it's it's not great, it's not bad because it's just nothing. But honestly, to me, anything other than a yes is a no. If you're not only a Sith going deals to in absolutes, Robin. <laughs> oh well, I am a Sith. I mean, I, <laughs> my point is, you know what I mean? It's like anything that's that doesn't knock my socks off. Like I am, I'm going to write you off. And that's fair. That's fair in in a very complicated and and uh, not complicated, a very crowded marketplace, right? For our attention spans and our ideas and money and time and everything like that. I think I think that's perfectly valid. Yeah, I think that. Thank you for your validation. (laughs) I I think that I think that like the the people who say like. You know, who, who and, and I understand the argument of like, ah, oh, you know, but it is something out there for people to go to, and that's all great. But I think the other thing is like that argument, I think, holds a little bit more water, you know, the same way I'm trying to think of a good example, but any kind of like post you know, immediately post vaccine theatrical movie kind of was, right? Where you like, you're finally going back into a movie theater, and maybe it's to see. Bob Odenkirk in Nobody or something like that, right? Uh-huh. Like where, like I, I'm saying that because that was my first movie back in theaters, right? And I remember thinking, you know what? Good movie. Like I just kind of was like, I'm just happy to be here. I'm happy to have a thing, right? And I think there's a fair argument to that because there wasn't an alternative, right? But like sure. Connor, you're the you're the real hero. But I guess my po- <laughs> my point is in this <laughs> in this regard, like the alternative is you can play Mario Kart. You can play <laughs> Mario Odyssey. Like you can play like you don't even have to go back and play the old stuff. Like there are current Mario games that look beautiful that you could actually immerse yourself in for 90 minutes for equal and or more enjoyment than this movie which is why i think it's like extra frustrating is that like i feel like and this is i i feel like i should say a few nice things about the movie because i didn't like you know i don't have like complete vitriol for it but like this movie looks incredible this is one of like yeah. i think the most painstakingly that's, a, that's its strength it's, it's so beautiful to look at specifically on a big screen so like even if you're someone who's like you know, your kids don't and, like, and it's beautiful in a traditional yeah. way. It's it's, yeah, it's not, not like into the Spider Verse yeah, 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 exactly. or anything it, like it, that. It, it's it's just it, 
it just looks really good. Yeah, That's yeah. it. It's not, you yeah, know? it's not doing, yeah, it's not adding like the textural things that you've seen lately in things like Spider Bus or it's, uh, Sp- Spider, yeah, Spider, <laughs> spider verse, Bus. Ugh, different thing. Uh, or Puss in Boots or uh, <laughs> Spider Bus. <laughs> spider Bus. Uh, <laughs> or um, what's funny is I was going to cut that out. Now I'm going to leave it in. Um, no, you're yeah. definitely leaving it in. Or the, even, like, the, even like the, the Lego Ninja movie. T- yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like textural things that you can see that get added that that are wonderful flourishes to animation to your point yeah this is like more traditional it looks more like other illumination movies it looks like pixar movies like it's got a little bit more of that like bubbly sheen on it that you see you see in a lot of mainstream stuff but it admittedly does look like it just has that extra level of like finesse and care to it that i do think is remarkable and that's almost what's like the most frustrating part about it is like you you put so much into the presentation so much into it that like it's it's like hollow on the inside though which is like the biggest bummer um so yeah i don't know and i think that's what causes me to have strong feelings about it kind of because i like i have nothing but respect for the people who work on these things and work very hard and so it's weird to feel like all of their work is weirdly undercut because They, you know, Nintendo and Illumination and Universal felt the need to cast Charlie Day and Chris Pratt and, you know, like all these other things. And it's like uh, and not like, look, not that whoever were to, you know, not that Charles Martinet, if he were to have voiced Mario in this movie, like not that he shouldn't have gotten the same salary as Chris Pratt. But realistically speaking, if you hire voice actors that are just traditional voice actors, you're probably not paying them like 20 million dollars. Right. So like. That said, from a pure business standpoint, I'm also like, yeah, you also probably could have spent more money on like the way that you you could have made the movie a half hour longer, like or 15 minutes, <laughs> you know, like. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. It's, it yeah, it feels. That said, t- to your point, Bill, about not feeling one way about it, one or the other. Like, I have strong feelings and maybe stronger feelings than I like wanted or expected. Because like when I saw the trailer for this, I had this kind of thing of like ah, well, I'll go see it. You know, I kind of was just like, yeah. I was just like, all right. And weirdly, I came out like with, I think, way more, way more of a reaction to it than I, than I thought. So it is, a, I don't know, curious, curious thing. I am, I think what else, the, the other thing I'm like eyeballing is like, I'm wondering if they're going to try repeat success outside of this specific IP, Right. And I don't actually. What do you mean? Like, like, I don't think something like, say, The Legend of Zelda is as ubiquitous as Super Mario Brothers, right? That's a very, that's a very different movie. Yeah, You're right, right. They make say, like, like that. They can like, make a fun Star Fox movie. They can make a. But even a fun, even that, it's like you know, that's. I think that is. I and not to say there aren't there aren't like you know markets for more niche things or whatever. Like I think. I don't know how many people here have seen the Dungeons and Dragons movie, but like I, I, I almost did a double feature of it after Mario, but then I wanted to come home and watch the watch people watch Succession. So. Oh, okay. There, there you go. <laughs> it's yeah, I, I 
I really enjoyed that movie and I am mm-hmm. like not even remotely like I like fantasy and stuff, but I'm like not a, I was never a Dungeons and Dragons person. Right. Mm-hmm. So like I look at something like that and I think, yeah, okay, maybe you can market these other things into movies, but there's no way they have the amount, you know, you're not going to take your five-year-old to see a Metroid movie because they're not going to know what the fuck that is. Like, <laughs> But you know, they could, they could plan it in like a very Marvel-esque way sure. and be like, we're going to do a Luigi movie and then we're going to do a blah, blah. And we're going to slowly yeah. introduce everyone to like other things. all these side characters. And like thinking about that makes my eyes glaze over. Yes. And I feel like yes. maybe part of, part of why I was more okay with the, this movie than y'all is that you saw that writing on the wall before I did. And I was kind of <laughs> just like looking at the visuals, but um, yeah, the idea of that is just a, but, but I, yeah. I don't think and i don't think you necessarily need to sell yourself short val in that like you know it and also you know there is the working nostalgia factor to this movie like just based on the trailer i decided i was gonna go see it purely okay. out of like yeah i don't know i've spent probably a collective three years of my life if i added up the hours or something <laughs> like playing super mario i can't not i did you know? i did that on, um, on just mario 64 i still haven't collected all those stars uh, that's what i I'm genuinely saying. thought when i was a kid i thought that game didn't end like i thought you just, <laughs> i thought it was like an open world thing <laughs> yeah it does i mean spoiler it doesn't end. It's, you, just, you just can't get them all there's um, also a i feel like specific Specifically with this, uh, not just the Mario property, but Nintendo in general, I feel like there are few other corporations involved in popular culture, maybe outside of like Disney with Star Wars, I suppose. But just over the decades, you know, like Nintendo has more practice at it, but like their whole thing is like reminding you how much you love these things, right? Like Mm -hmm. yeah, as a gamer, right? Like every... And and like I eat that shit up. Like if they re-released, uh, you know, I don't know, X Mario game that hasn't that I haven't played in ten years. If they released it on the Switch tomorrow, they could be like seventy dollars, and I'd be like, here you go, sir. Like it just wouldn't, mm-hmm. you know, take my money. Yeah, exa- exactly. Like and so that stuff works. But I, I mean, I suppose the justification for that would be, well, at least that's something I'm going to get like twenty hours of enjoyment out of, as yeah. opposed to like ninety minutes. But yeah, it's. It's not surprising to, but I guess all my point with that is that like it's not surprising that this is the movie they came up with, right? In terms of like okay. how very specific it is. I, the thing that shocked me most, and actually we glazed over it because it is weirdly the strangest part of the movie. The thing that shocked me most is that they like leaned into the Brooklyn narrative. Oh, I liked that. I was no, so no, funny no. I, before- I didn't really mind it. Um, yeah. And actually, my my wife Brittany said the same thing. We walked out. She's like, my favorite part of this movie was when they were being plumbers. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that, yeah, that, that actually worked. The dog sequence yeah. is so good. And the dog, I don't know if it was like an inside joke or a dig, but the dog looks suspiciously like an evil version of the dog from Up. I feel like they're sure. really cashing in on your it's like the same thing they do with like Bill Skarsgård and Barbarian you know like the minute you see <laughs> it you're like I know how this thing feels and then they subvert it um but yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, uh, I think the funniest joke in the movie, which wasn't even really meant to be like something for people to laugh at, is when it shows a flashback of them as kids and they're just still dressed the same. Oh, and yeah, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. What is up with these guys that like their entire family dresses normally and yeah, they've been dressed and they just in this always, way since They just always had it. I will say, I mean, in the in the if the movie's in the business of Easter, even even to the hats, it, it yeah. looks like they they're wearing the same size the hats same size as babies. Hat, yeah. So so it's but much too big. Do a baby version, like isn't that oh, yeah. a reference? So in, okay. in, I'll it's get, like Muppet Babies. I'll get nerdy for like two seconds. In okay. the second Super Mario, there's probably some super nerd who's like, this is wrong. But to my knowledge, <laughs> uh, in the second Super Mario World game that came out on Super Nintendo in the 90s, uh, it was Yoshi's Island. And the whole mechanic of the game is that you were Yoshi and you had to carry the baby Mario brothers on your back oh. to, to safety. And that's what they looked like, right? They like <laughs> had these big noses well, and it, they still had and, the hats. And, and, yeah. and again, if, if you've played Mario Kart, yeah, if you, you played get, any, yeah, if you've played anything yeah, in you the get intervening 20 years or stuff whatever. like that. Yes. What, yeah, uh, yeah. what game is the little suicidal star from okay so that to me was the <laughs> nihilistic baby star yeah i don't so know him that was He's that's not... a more recent thing that was from okay. that's galaxy yeah that was right? mario galaxy and there are these little cute stars that shepherd you through the game called lumas and they're mm -hmm. cute and helpful and whatever like most things are in a mario game or whatever uh, so I, yeah, I thought the nihilistic Luma was was the was the surefire joke. There is also the beat, the visual gag of when Luigi goes into the castle and he thinks he's safe, and there's the quick sight gag of like all the shy guys behind him when yeah. the lightning strikes. <laughs> there are little things like that that like I think work, and I actually think if the movie leaned had more confidence in its visual comedic chops as opposed okay. to leaning on Easter eggs, um, I think it would have been. I think it would have been more successful. Yeah, but actually had comedy. Like, yeah. and even, again, it didn't get laughs in my theater very much. It didn't. It, it didn't feel like it tried yeah, to. Yeah, they didn't, like, it didn't right. really feel like they teed up that many jokes. Yeah, which me again. Yeah, so maybe it's not a failure in that department if they're not aiming for it. But it certainly would have helped it in my. But in yeah, my but mind. it's a failure because it could have. I don't know. Yes. It seemed like a movie sure. that agreed, could agreed. have benefited from being funny for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think some some of my favorite sequences. One is is the Donkey Kong fight because he puts on the cat suit, which is hilarious <laughs> that they in, integrated that. Um, but the other one that I really enjoyed is is that Brooklyn sequence when they're going over to the property to to fix it, mm. and it's like this side scroller kind of thing where yeah. they have to get through this construction site and of course Mario is helping and like opening the door or the gates for Luigi yeah. and Luigi is just like oh is there is there fresh concrete I'm gonna walk right through oh no yeah. you know and Mario's like hopping all over he's very very competent and Luigi is just kind of a mess um, I really enjoyed that sequence a lot <laughs> um, of course it doesn't help that or doesn't hurt that it's set to like beastie boys uh no sleep till brooklyn yeah so you know, that's, a, that's, that's the other stuff they like could help themselves they do like the battle without honor humanity needle drop from yeah Kill Bill it, that's what it made it a little too obvious for me yeah yeah, yeah. the yeah. needle drops i felt like the needle drops were all pretty bad but i do think the way they incorporated different mario musical themes was good i i thought that the music was one of the cooler aspects because they kind of just would bring them in in an interesting way sometimes um like a little bit at a time and it's um it's a smart 
it's a it's a, a Brian Tyler did the score. It's a, I think it's a smart score because he doesn't he doesn't lean on on trying to like reinvent the wheel with it because Koji Kondo has done the music for the Mario games for years and years and years among other like you know main but, n- but he was also properties. involved in this yeah yeah and he uh so they're all you know they're all reworkings of his melodies but it is effective I will say both in like how they're used in the movie to your point Val and like how and when they're used and even if you're reaching for that extra nostalgia factor it is that nice little like just listening to some of that stuff. I was like, oh, yeah, the music to these games really yeah. is just like every Mario game has like seven bangers. in it. Um, mm-hmm. And that I think or, was or really even nice. like Donkey Kong and like some of the other, you know, things you get to like, hear the music yeah. go like like you get little things like that that are. Yeah, I like it. I will say. The best parts of this movie for me, which kind of go against what I'm saying about it, like, I I guess it, you know, it doesn't matter if I like it, if kids like it, um, <laughs> which I'm not, I'm not married to that point anyway. But um, it, I feel like the best parts of this movie reminded me of like days of my life before I started kindergarten when the biggest accomplishment I had in the day was like getting like leaping at the top of a flag at the end of a yeah, Mario level yeah, you know totally. what I mean like when you're like it like the especially like you said the uh the sort of like tutorial sequence you're like it really like puts you in the mindset of like wow like remember when the world was incredibly simple and like I could just right. try to like try to hit this brick and like try to get this star and that was all I had to do <laughs> that was the biggest thing that was the biggest thing you had to worry about my uh my wife's sister's kids, her her nephews, they came over to stay at our apartment uh, like a week ago or so. And uh, what were they? Was it Mario Kart that they were playing? They love coming over because they, they can play with the Switch. So like, we, you know, whatever. They're sitting there playing. I think they were playing Donkey Kong Country, actually. But it was that thing of they were like for like 90 minutes were so invested in like making their <laughs> way through one level. And my wife and I just sat there looking at him and had that moment of like we were like, Oh, it was so simple, wasn't it? Like it was just okay. like that was the, the 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 right to left, like is the only thing you cared about for like however long it took you to get there. Um yeah. and then yeah, I I would say that there are flourishes of that in the movie in terms of like the little reminders. I have no problem with nostalgia as like a special effect, you know. I guess I just I think more often would not, you know, I, I think it only works in a positive way if it's a side effect. You know, sure. like, nostalgia yeah. should be seasoning. Yes, yes, yes exactly, exactly, exactly. And so, yeah, I think that's the I think that's, you know, again, there are parts or like little clever things that I kind of was like, oh, that's a nice way to render that. Like the blue shell being a kind of like Mad Max Warboy Kamikaze Koopa. I was <laughs> like, eh, OK, all right. Like, that's a nice little way to do that thing. Um but then there were other things that I feel like they left out. Like I mentioned before, like there are certain things that would feel like layups that they just missed completely. Um, like not, you know, you put a you put a boo in there in one of the scenes and you don't make a joke about how like when you turn around, they can't they can't see. You know what I mean? Like you could I feel like there are <laughs> mechanics of a Mario game that you could have worked in to to render comedy out of. Um, yeah. That aren't going that aren't way really back. There. Going way back to your uh, Edge of Tomorrow point, uh, when he was fighting Donkey Kong and he definitely got hit a bunch of times and nothing happened after he got smaller again. I was like, what? Yeah, yeah. 
it kind of doesn't entirely follow the rules, you know, that it sets up in some occasions, um, which I think is is also a little strange. But, um, you know, Robin, you and I kind of mentioned this right before we started recording. Like, I have way more thoughts about this than I thought I would. Oh, yeah. Um, I thought it would be I, I thought it would have more of like Bill's opinion, which is just like, oh, you know, it was neither here nor there. Yeah. But I felt like angry yeah same like the, same the more the movie went on the more i was just like there's nothing here and, and admittedly i feel silly for feeling angry like i do kind of step back from it and i'm like yeah it doesn't matter like it's no, it matters yeah. i mean we're all gonna die like <laughs> the little baby star is correct i was about to say the yeah. me. oh my god I, I love that that was actually my favorite thing because the voice acting was perfect for that i yeah. i really love when um when that child is is yeah existential. like well not just that i mean i really like when filmmakers and producers go out of their way to hire young children to do voice acting because i think it is almost always more effective in fact it is always more effective i've never seen the opposite to be true yeah uh for a young voice actor to play an actual child or childlike character if you're hiring like a 41 year old woman with a high voice to do a kid it's just not going to hit the same way sure. I, but this is how i feel across uh you know different programming like it's not just this particular movie so to have yes a young voice amping up the irony when it says you know horrifying things like, yeah, that, that tickles me a little. Sure. It also, I mean, that character was basically my husband. So I was also pretty <laughs> fond of it. Um, well, there, yeah, like, I, I just was, I was just thinking about like a small child in a booth having to read like seven takes of sweet release of death. You it know was I mean? perfect. It was perfect. Um, yeah, I suppose with that, we can just kind of get into it, wrapping it up and sort of overall final thoughts. So, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Valerie, I'm glad you had uh, sort of a, a more positive opinion on it than than the three of us. Uh, I think that's good when that happens. So that's really nice. You swayed a couple of my opinions. Uh, so as we just jump into final thoughts, uh, Robin, what did just anything we didn't cover? Any last thing you want to get in there? I mean, I will say. I obviously was not hot on the performances. I was especially disappointed, I think, with Cranky Kong. Like, I for some reason, especially just like Fred, Ar Fred Armisen, Armisen is like a talented guy. Like, he's I, you know. half and half for me. Okay, sometimes sure. I like what he's doing. Sometimes I just I want him to shut up forever. But that just did not work yeah. for me. So, so many of the performances just like did not land. I especially was even besides him, like Anya Taylor-Joy, like was just, to me, every single person on screen, whether it was Seth Rogen, uh, Jack Black, who he was probably the closest for me to someone, you know, trying hard or doing their yeah, best. Yeah, he felt like he they was actually just, doing a thing. He felt yeah. like he was doing a thing, but yeah. like he was still doing Jack Black. And they all just seemed like they knew this was a stinker. So they were just here to cut a check. Like that was the overwhelming yeah. sense that I got it was like, everybody was here to just make that moolah and listen, was not a fan of this, but there is a world in which I could see watching the sequel Sure, because I'm still invested in this brand. Like I will happily go to universal studios and do all the Nintendo shit, kind of yeah. like what I, I do with Harry Potter Same. and the Simpsons no, no, yeah. and whatever. Yeah, like, absolutely. I'm just, I'm, I'm that breed. So yeah, let me just like suck it down. 
but truthfully now i just want to go home and play or not go home but like i want to you know buy a switch and i want to play mario like i right if anything mario. this movie <laughs> mario. Oh, you know, we didn't, i did want to my wife says mario as well uh so apparently right, that's correct. an italian thing yeah <laughs> Uh, it's it's a tri-state area thing. yeah yeah my my wife was is from long island so i don't know Rob, yeah i'm you're also from, from long island there you go maybe that's maybe that's what it yeah, is so your wife a... is correct <laughs> where no, is she from uh, awful awful uh, yeah, hewlett okay acceptable yeah, around... nassau county <laughs> acceptable <laughs> um but uh it, it's like a highly case-defied area to live in like you're either in the acceptable places or the not. I'm from sure. the unacceptable places. Oh, other side of the yeah. Tracks. No, I'm from Trash Island, but <laughs> yeah, just there. There is a world in which I could continue to invest in this. Sure, because I'm a sucker. And Bill, what about you? I wanted to like this movie so much more than I did. Um, I still think there are some standout sequences. I think it's it's very much front loaded. I think it kind of runs out of steam. Um, and I I enjoyed the first half, and I was like, okay, all right, we're we're doing good. You know that plumbing sequence is great. Um, that that side scroller sequence is great. The platforming sequence is great. It's a lot of fun. Um, and then then it just kind of continues to run and it kind of runs out of steam mm. um so uh i i i really enjoyed uh jack black's performances um and partly because i just enjoy him as a performer overall sure. i feel yeah. like you know he one of the things that he does that i appreciate so much is that i can literally see him in the studio like mm. like being bombastic and crazy and wild and so you know i feel like that that has a lot of that carryover that you were kind of mentioning with like the robin williams mm, right sure. it, it, he feels almost to that level he's not as good look you know nobody's I don't think he's as versatile yeah correct. sure correct. but i i still feel like you know, I'm going to give him a lot of leeway simply because like, and here's another movie that was very cynical for a lot of people that he was also in. That's a lot of fun. And that's uh, Jumanji, right? Yeah. Sure. Um, so that that's, one's that also first a lot of fun. That first sequel anyway, I'll say. The first, the, mm -hmm. uh, the set, I feel like the second one is terrible, but yes, I, I, no, I think that's, I think that's well said. Like he, I think he's definitely the winner I think um, I do. I, I do. I don't know if it was entirely successful in terms of being like super funny or whatever, but I do think Keegan Michael Key might be the one who's actually like extending the most. You know, like mm -hmm. in terms of like, did they mess with his levels? Something. I they, was going to ask about that because I have not seen enough Key and Peel to know if he can do that voice naturally. I think he. I think it's. I think it's. Now, granted, I wouldn't be surprised. Seems like a strain on his voice. Yeah, yeah I think. <laughs> I, he, granted, he doesn't have a ton. It's, he doesn't have a ton of it's, lines. It's the opposite know? of of Elvis yeah. and and whatever his name is. Like, like yeah. afterwards, right. like his his voice is just super high now. Yeah, he's now just going to talk like of, he's going to talk like Toad Toad forever. Um, <laughs> I love that. Um, and uh, permanently cast Valerie. What about you? Final thoughts? Yeah, um, I thought it was, uh, you know, like I said, it's a fun movie that I'm probably not going to think about again. Um, I wouldn't, you know, it was not. It wasn't particularly spe special. I think what maybe uh, 
stood out to me the most in terms of like what I would carry forward from it and actually will remember is that like Illuminations made a lot of movies at this point, but I've never particularly looked at them and been like, wow, that animation, you know, like they've been good, but they haven't been like where it makes you think of a Pixar movie. You know what I mean? Like it's never been on that. This this is the first, Um, this is the first one I could think of that. I am like, Oh wow. Like they really, yeah. And and a lot of, honestly, like a lot of computer generated animation, like if it's, I I might just be a snob about it, but if it's like a little less good, it just bothers me. Sure. Um, But this, uh, this looked great. So I think in terms of like going forward, I don't know. I, I might or might not see future Mario movies if, if and when they happen, but, um, Especially if they, you know, if they get a little zanier and a little, a little more Batman Lego movie esque, sure, uh, I'd be sure. on board. But, um, but I think I'm gonna go forward and like, you know, pay a little closer attention to what Illumination is doing because it's not like they're like an underdog or anything by any means. But I, I just was very. Uh, I don't strict. think they get a lot of cred. Like they're yeah. not an underdog financially, but they, they do not have a lot of. Um, I don't think they have a lot of respect. Yeah, as sure. much as they could. Yeah, because everyone just thinks of like minion. They're like it's just minion. They started with minions. So that's all I got. But that's not you know. So uh, there's obviously other things. They all make. I think all the things they make make a lot of money, as far as I know. But um, yeah, it's that. It's that. I think the thing I always think about them, like what pops into my head, is the like this. I mentioned sing before, like just the nature of like mm-hmm. okay. What do we have to make? It's a thing for kids. Uh, yeah. To where it's going to be a singing competition with animals. It's kids, Bob. Yeah. And then we're going to we're gonna reach into our universal music group licensed songs, right? And we're going to pull those out so that we don't have to pay, we don't have to pay for the music. You know, like somebody at some point was like, oh, are we going to write original music? And they're like, no, absolutely not. Like, yeah. we're going to we're going to take stuff that Universal already owns and we're going to just smatter that out throughout. And we're going to get it's yeah. like they know yeah. they're not in it for Oscars. Yeah. Yeah. And it's mm-hmm. I guess that's the thing. It's not that there's anything less cynical, cynical about being in it for Oscars. Um, but I suppose it's like the lack of even pretending to be in there for making something that's like culturally significant. Sure. Uh, yeah. So it, so I guess my main takeaway is just that uh it was it was fun and inoffensive to me. Like if I I used to nanny as well, and if I was nannying and the kids decided that was their movie to put on every day for several weeks, I think it would be less annoying to me than many other movies they sure. could put on every day for several that, weeks. That that's um, a great point. And hey, look, honestly, at the end of the day, if it's if it is geared towards kids and it's meant as a distraction, as baseline as that is, I mean, it's a, it seems like it would be a success on that metric. So I suppose you could yeah. do worse. And I will say I didn't have anywhere to fit this in that conversation, but I need to let y'all know. Yesterday I woke up in L.A. It was sunny for the first time in forever. (laughs) I did not think about how I was going to go to the movies. I looked through my closet and I thought, I don't really want to wear shorts. I don't want to wear a dress. I don't know what I want to wear. And I ended up putting on denim short alls. And then I was five, five minutes from or maybe 10 minutes from leaving to see the Meyer Brothers movie and I suddenly went oh crap <laughs> I did not mean to be doing this. <laughs> you and accidentally thanks, cosplayed the Mario Brothers movie yeah, yeah I love thankfully, that. <laughs> no, thankfully no one pointed it out but I thought it was incredibly funny because I've probably worn that like once uh, one other time it's in my not life. the I don't worst know how that happened not the worst <laughs> fit in the world you know you could do worse I suppose it might be worse to like accidentally cosplay as like wario you know like all, like purple overalls with a yellow but even then you'd probably look pretty cool um i would try i would do that on purpose I you probably yeah, yeah, yeah you got I've, <laughs> I've seen you on twitter val you got style um 
So I yeah. don't think that I don't think the short alt is the best fit, but I think it fit the theme by accident. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. So just get your pair, get yourself a set of purple ones and uh, and the yellow. Now hat. grow your mustache. <laughs> yeah. I'll I'll wear the purple if they make a warrior movie. I'll promise that. Oh, now. There, I we're, will, that's going to happen in six months, probably. I yeah. will. Yeah. <laughs> I will show up because I freaking love the Wario game. That game was crazy and weird. But sure. Wario Land three specifically. So yes. I'll dress yeah. up for that and I'll take a picture <laughs> and tag you guys. I love it. I love it. I'll look out for that. Um. Yeah. All right, everybody. Well, now we uh, now that we're there, uh, I suppose, Robin. Any 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 last plugs? Where can people find you? Anything you got coming? Oh. Up? <laughs> um. Yeah, not 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 anything different than typical. So you, you know, folks can find me on Twitter at R O B Y N B A H R. I'm also on Letterboxd. Um, I did watch about a hundred movies while I was in my uh, recovery from jaw surgery. So I put a lot of um, emotions into <laughs> my ratings when I did that. Um, and other than that, yeah, not not too much going on. All right. Well, Bill, what about you? Where can people find you? Anything you got coming um, up? You can find me on Twitter at CableBFG. Uh, you can also find me on Instagram at Billstagram. And then always mixing it up on the Slack channel. Uh, always a fun place to be. So Yeah, which you can get access to if you subscribe to our Patreon. Right. Uh, and Val, um, where can people find you? Anything you want to plug and dish sure. out to our audience? Yeah, um, I'm on Twitter for now. I'm at um, A and E and Val. So it's like arts and entertainment and Val. Um, and I uh, I write at Slash Film, Film School Rejects. I do a little bit for the playlist. But um, my baby is my sub stack, which I started, I should say, just a tiny bit before other people started there. So I promise <laughs> I'm not bandwagoning. Um, but I'm trying to, uh, get where I'm not really sharing hot takes about anything I'm watching on Twitter anymore, really. So, um, every Sunday I just put them on my Substack instead. So, um, you can find that if you look up Valerie at an offer Substack, but it's called, Hey, what are you watching? And it's mostly about, um, it's about a lot of things. Like I get into even podcasts I talk about as well, but, um, um, a lot of TV. So cool. Yeah. That's great. Well, thank you for joining us. We really appreciate it. We we appreciate you going to bat for the Mario Brothers movie. Uh, <laughs> thanks, can, thanks for having me. You can find me on Twitter at Scruffy Looking. Uh, you can also find me doing stuff, uh, occasionally reviewing stuff for the film stage and over with Dan Mecca co-hosting the B-Side podcast. We have some stuff, cool stuff happening there. Uh, as of this recording tomorrow, uh, we're going to be interviewing Richard Dreyfus. So that's going to wow. be that. That'll be a fun little thing. Um, but yeah, you can you can check out the B side feed for that uh, in the in the coming days. Other than that, you can follow uh, the film stage at the film stage on Twitter. You can follow the film stage show at film stage show on Twitter, and uh, you can also email us at podcast at the film stage. Dot com. As usual, uh, you can try Mubi free for 30 days at Mubi.com, M-U-B-I.com slash Filmstage. That's M-U-B-I.com slash Filmstage for a whole month of great cinema for free. Thank you again, Valerie. And uh, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Mamma mia. Yeah. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa.